And let's pray. Father, we thank you for everyone here this morning. We thank you for a, a good rest last night. We thank you that you're always feeding us and giving us more and more revelation as we come to you, Jesus. You are the living word from above, Lord. And feed our spirit, feed our, help us to renew our mind uh, this morning, Holy Spirit. You are the greatest teacher and revealer of truth. I ask that you think through my mind and speak through my mouth and let your words go forth, not in my own human wisdom, but in demonstration of your power. Lord, that your word that goes forth will not return void, but accomplish what it, you purpose in the lives of your great people. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so today we... Amen. Amen. Okay, continue with the developing of the hidden man of the heart and also from yesterday's sermon. So it's good, uh, some of you heard, we, uh, heard again the sermon and got more. Today you will have more from the Holy Spirit. Okay, ah, okay. so today is about the, the meek and quiet spirit. All right. <clears throat> back to our verse you know it's good to keep on repeating even myself I had a little difficulty in remembering this text 1 Peter 3 4 I can remember the whole verse but the, the where it comes from I still cannot remember okay because it's one, not one of those that I uh, already you know inside me, like 2 Corinthians 5, 17, a lot I already know. But this one, I keep struggle because got 1 Peter, got 2nd and all that, and 3, 4, I got confused. But each time I teach, actually, I get the most <laughs> from teaching. I learn the most, <laughs> you know, because each time the Holy Spirit is teaching me more and more. And one of the things is, I, I get to remember this verse already, this text. It is 1 Peter 3, 4. <laughs> Okay, after how many rounds of uh, keep on uh, you know, typing this out, I finally got it. It's First Peter 3, 4, you know, as in the text. So how we keep on, how we remember, all right, it's just keep on repeating, keep on feeling, all right? Okay, First Peter uh, 3, verse 4. But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. So what is great price in the sight of God? All right, it is the hidden man of the heart, which we thought, you know, there's so much revelation, but each time the Holy Spirit has much more for us. So we haven't touched on this part, which is the meek and the quiet spirit. Okay, that is our spirit man. And Bible describes uh, the character of the spirit man that is so precious in the sight of God, so valuable. You like things that are valuable, right? <laughs> that you can't even put, uh, uh, you know, how much, how much is it? We cannot put how much is your spirit man worth? Can or not? <laughs> Catherine, <laughs> you go market the best fish, the most expensive fish, right? Thousand over uh, dollars or whatever. Robert will know, right? He's the chef, okay? Uh, but your your spirit man, is it cheaper <laughs> or more expensive? <laughs> it's priceless. It's of great price, okay? This new spirit man that God gave us at the time of birth, 
or born again cannot be even valued by Earth's money. So how, how we treasure this new spirit man that God has given us, this new spirit and this new heart. Okay, the spirit, the hidden man of the heart. All right, and there's one part of it, the beauty that is so beautiful, all right, better than whatever things in this world can give and put a price to, is the meek and quiet spirit. Okay, so today we will go into what is this meek and quiet spirit because Jesus also described himself, all right, how that his, his burden is light and his yoke is, no, his burden is easy and his yoke is light. It's because he said what? I am meek and lowly, right? So this is the character of our Lord Jesus. And this is the character of our new spirit man or recreated spirit man. So we need to know what this means. What is meek and quiet? Is quiet means you just be very quiet. <laughs> Don't talk at all. <laughs> so we think, okay, that's the quiet, right? Ah, let's see. Today we will have a greater and deeper understanding, okay, of what is meek and quiet. So this is the verse, right, that we talked yesterday on the unforced rhythms of grace. Okay, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of, learn from who, learn of who, learn of Jesus. Okay, learn from him. Yeah, yesterday I shared with you, so the, the part, uh, if you haven't listened, go and listen to yesterday's sermon. Okay, take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am. Why learn from Jesus? Because Jesus has this special quality, okay, which is meek, lowly in heart. Okay, the word heart again. And you shall find rest unto your soul. Okay, Jesus is talking about rest. Which area? Here, the soul, right? The soul, which is your will, your mind, your emotions. Okay, so yesterday we cover a little bit. That's why I got a bit mixed up yesterday and today also. <laughs> so I could actually continue today one. <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Otherwise, you have, then you'll be sitting for another two to three hours. <laughs> okay, but thank God. Okay, we will, uh, you have a fresh, uh, good physical rest and now you can continue. Okay, so the rest is, where is the problem? The rest now, Jesus said, is in the soul. Okay, when you have the soul rest, you also have no more trouble in your heart. Okay, how do, let's go on. Okay, the heart, a, a little bit, always repeat, huh? so that we can get more. Is the, uh, it can be referred to the physical heart sometimes. Okay, it's the organ in the animal body, which is the center and circulation of blood, hence regarded as the seat of physical life. Okay, so that we understand. When your heart stops pumping, <laughs> you, Die <laughs> Okay, so that's very important. The blood that supplies to the heart. Okay, without the blood, loss of blood, the heart stops and the person dies. So it's the seat of physical life. All right, in the spiritual, okay, it is also the center of physical and spiritual life. The vigor and sense of is the center and seat of spiritual life. Okay, so. I explained a little bit earlier, right? You have spirit, soul, body, and then the spirit is the what? The conscience, all right? The voice of the spirit is the conscience. So the spirit 
you know your spirit through your conscience that you have a spirit <laughs> if you have no conscience then you're an animal <laughs> okay then you have no spirit why you have this conscience conscience that means you you just you know how to feel right and wrong okay that's the conscience okay and then you know you have spirit you can uh, try and tame an animal all right your cat <laughs> It's very hard, right? They don't have the conscience. Today you beat them, then the next day they will do the same thing again. They steal your food, <laughs> okay? Because they cannot think. They don't have that spirit inside, okay? So in the spirit, you have that conscience and also the gut feeling, okay? Then you have this uh, uh, soul, which is your real, real mind and emotions, okay? And then you have the physical body of your five senses, your sense of touch, Hearing, seeing, uh, tasting. What's the other one? Smell. Okay. So in the spirit and this, when you have this, uh, the, the, the soul area, okay, your, your heart expresses, it's, it's, it's in the center, okay, between that conscience, the spirit and the soul. Okay. So the, the heart is like the center. So it can receive from your spirit and it receive from your soul. And then it expresses itself. So your spirit, your heart is not your spirit. Otherwise, the, the Bible won't use two words for it. Okay, there are two separate words. And Ezekiel 36, 26 talks about, I give you a new heart and a new, a new spirit. All right, so there are two different things. Okay. Then you okay, so the whatever you can receive from you receive from the soul and the mind, the passions, the thoughts, the desires, appetites, affections, purpose, all affect your heart. Okay, so depending on where you are receiving. If it is the spirit man not built at all, okay, not growing, then it will all be from the carnal mind, from the soul area, and expressed through the heart. So you say. Why you so bad heart now? Why you think all these bad things? Okay, actually, the heart is actually just expressing what the the mind has been receiving or believing in all the time that you have been growing up. Okay, so that's why uh, your identity will bring forth your uh, affections, your purpose and desire. If you think that you are just a very poor person, come from a very poor family, okay, you may have certain desires and purposes in your life that are a bit different or you think you're stupid so you won't have the desire to become uh, you know a professor or someone a doctor or whatever in the natural because you already think you're stupid or you fail all your your grades in school okay so all this desire when in the spiritual when you know your identity who God is you will find your purpose in life because you have the greater purpose already okay because you know who you are as a spirit being born again as a child of God or a son or daughter of God okay so your heart will now desire after God understand okay so that's why David King David was called a man after God's heart okay so endeavors the will and the character so it's two okay the heart is the center that expresses everything from what it received through from the the, the soul area and the spirit okay and then you are the soul so far is, is affected and stirred either in a bad way or a good way so if you don't uh 
we build our spirit man, all right, feed on the word of God uh, as in who you are and who God is, okay, then you will be the wrong stirring, okay, <clears throat> from the carnal mind that is called is stirred in a bad way. So your heart will just, you know, like a, whether serve God or serve money, right? If you, without fat in the spirit that our God is the one who, <clears throat> who owns this whole universe, owns everything on this earth and is a generous God to us, then we will work for money, okay? And then money become our God because we think that money is the answer to everything, right? But when we, you know, learn the wisdom of God and know who God is, right? That he is our generous father, he'll take care of us, right? We still work, but our trust is in him. So we are not working for the money anymore. We are able to hear God when he tells us to do this or go in that direction or whichever direction that he has for us. So it is the center of both the physical life and the spiritual life, okay? The thoughts and the feelings, the middle, inside the middle, okay? Uh, your, your spirit man, uh, as far as we can get from the word of God, is in the gut there, okay? Because out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So even in the physical body, it's in the middle. So your heart is here, your belly is here, right? And then your mind is here. This is the center, okay? <laughs> the center of everything. So this part, stop, boop, no more, die, no life. Spiritual, also the same, okay? <clears throat> okay, so what does rest mean? Jesus said, right, you come to me, I will give you rest, right? Because I am meek and lowly. The rest means what? Intermission, right? When you work the whole day in your office, you need an intermission. When is the intermission? Your lunchtime, right? <laughs> and you all look forward to that lunchtime, okay? Where? Oh, Brian is in Hawaii. <laughs> Hello. Okay, so nice uh, breeze at the back and nice haircut, okay? See, this is how um, it's so interesting to be on Zoom. Okay, uh, cessation of any motion or business or labor. So you need that physical rest, actually also mental rest, right? When you are working. So that is the time the boss has to give you a rest. <laughs> Otherwise, you cannot continue. <laughs> it will drop, okay? If you don't have that physical rest and also the mental rest. But most of the time, mentally, we actually don't even rest. So it's a stop. All right, you stop, stop the mind from thinking about work, stop the body from doing whatever you're doing, okay? Uh, to cause or permit one to cease from any movement or labor in order to recover and collect his strength, okay? So you don't say, I have rest, and then you're still doing a lot of things, okay? So rest is that is in the physical area, okay? So we understand that one. Rest means no more movement. Go, go lie down and sleep. Okay, like uh, Robert Lowe have a take a good rest after he cooked a lot already. Okay, <laughs> he need to sleep early a bit. Okay, <laughs> physical body tired already. Okay, so that is the physical rest. Okay, now the spiritual rest is what a lot of Christians don't know how to enter into. Okay, that's why there is the verse labor to enter that rest. Oh, we, we, we know that verse. How do you get this rest? Okay, but all the time our mind is moving, all right? So there's no movement. Remember the unforced rhythm of grace? The movement is just sitting on the father's shoulder and then dance with him. So that is very simple. But we are feeling a lot of stress, a lot of uh, worries, anxieties. And then we quote, okay, the Jesus said, 
I come to him, I will have rest. And then still move a lot of movement inside. Okay, so this is not rest. All right, the rest is no movement, being still. Okay, quiet and calm. Okay, so this has nothing to do with how loud you speak or how soft you speak <laughs> or you are a loud person or soft person. The quiet, and most of us in our soul area, it's never quiet, right? If nobody is talking to you, you have yourself talking to you also. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. A lot of thoughts inside here, right? Talking to you, either all the things of your past come back to you or the mistake that you make or the, you know, you should have done this, you shouldn't have done that, you said this, you shouldn't have said this, you should make this decision, make wrong decision. Every day, all this, uh, last time I was talking about how many thousand thoughts go through your mind. So it's not quiet here, it's very loud. <laughs> okay, so you may have the whole room and uh, nobody is there, no children, no other person. You didn't put on any sound and yet it's so noisy inside you. Okay, so how to rest? So noisy. So some people suffer from insomnia, cannot sleep, right? When it's time to sleep, the body wants to sleep, but the mind cannot sleep. Okay, and then you end up with the, why? This mind will go to the heart, right? And then the heart will be troubled. And then together, the whole body is not functioning properly anymore. Okay, so rest means quiet. Okay, so this mind stop. Quiet. So that's why peace and rest is not about oh, everything outside need to be uh, quiet first. Everything else can be making a lot of noise outside, even your, uh, hopefully not our head, right? If we know how to renew our mind, okay? Then that is still having peace. That's why Jesus said, the peace that I give you is different from the world peace. The world peace needs everything to be fine, needs to you to have some savings first. Okay, not to say you cannot save, right? But you know, all this, the security for your peace of mind, that's why I say people say peace of mind or, or no trouble in the heart, rest in the heart, is when all the physical situation is acceptable, is, is good for you. Okay, you, that no more COVID already, then only all of us rest. <laughs> no, we are already at rest, even there's COVID outside. That's different, right? Ah, okay, so where does this rest or this quiet and this calm? How to have this quietness and calm that only can have in Jesus, not in the world. Okay, Acts chapter 7. I'm going to uh, read uh, uh, the story all right, from the New Testament. Okay, The Moses story now uh, is in the preaching of uh, uh, Stephen. Okay, Stephen preached this message. So extract it out and he was talking about Moses. Okay. Then Moses came on the scene, a child of divine beauty. So remember the, the uh, Egyptian, all right, tortured or uh, oppressed, all right, the people of the children of Israel. And then they were crying out to God because of all the burdens and the slavery that was put upon them, the hard labor. No rest. They didn't have physical rest also. No mental rest, correct? Uh, the children of Israel were under such kind of affliction and oppression. Like sometimes your boss put on you, right? <laughs> uh, who the roof, roof just shut that. Okay. Then Moses, they always cry to God for deliverer. 
all right, to be delivered, just like we read yesterday, all right, in the judges' time, same thing. When everything all right, then they will start, you know, uh, disobeying God. Okay, that was under the Old Testament. Then Moses came on the scene, and God will always send a deliverer. But look at today, you look at the deliverer, that, uh, the character of the deliverer that God sent to deliver the children of Israel from the oppression of the Egyptian. Then Moses came on the scene, a child of divine beauty. His parents hid him from the Pharaoh as long as they could to spare his life. And after three months, they could conceal him no longer. So they had to abandon him to his fate. Okay, in, in, in God, uh, in, in Christ, we don't have uh, fate <laughs> or luck. All right, we have God's will. Okay, so we, we don't need to uh, abandon to the fate of the world. Right, other religion or wrong religion tell us that leave it to fate. Lah. There's no such thing, there's no fate in our Christian uh, life. But God arranged, see, God arranged. So in all our lives, even when we uh, make wrong uh, decision or whatever, okay, we thank God that God is the one who will do the arrangement and the rearrangement. <laughs> it need to be done. Okay, so that is where you say all things work together for good to those who are called. We cannot take up that scripture, that, that two words there, to those who are called. All right. If, you have been called, there's a purpose of God in your life, there's a calling in your life, then even we are allowed under grace okay, to uh, make mistakes or whatever, and then God will arrange and rearrange our lives. Okay, God arranged. So behind the scene, God arranged that Pharaoh's daughter would find him. God provided and arranged, take him home and raise him up as his own, as her own son. So, Look at Moses, the beginning of Moses' life, right? He was born from a Hebrew family, Hebrew child, okay? But brought up by the Egyptian princess, okay? So raised as, as what? As a Hebrew? No, he was raised as an Egyptian, a prince in the Egyptian court, okay? So I think this is how it comes, uh, it looks like, okay? It, if the picture from Google is not wrong. So Moses was fully trained in the royal courts. Now, this is not how a Hebrew child looked like. Okay, This is how the Egyptian prince looked like. Moses was fully trained in the royal courts and educated. Okay, He received his education from the University of Egypt. <laughs> okay, Not the University of uh, God or the Israel Israelites of Israel. He was trained, fully trained, okay, from baby, you know, three months old in the court. All right, so he knew as a prince. So he had the mind of a prince, but who brought a prince? Not God's prince, okay? The Egyptian prince. He was trained in the soul area. Educated. Ah educated from three months old. <laughs> so, you know, prince would definitely have a lot of tutors, teachers from young to train them up to think like a prince, like a, now this is not 
the, the royal prince that we think of born in Christ, right? This is the Egyptian prince. Egypt always represents what? The world. Okay? The world education, the world thinking. Okay? There are two realms that we are living in. The world, the earthly realm, and heavenly realm, God's realm. It is totally different. <laughs> okay? It is not merged. It becomes one. That's the lie. That's why at the end of the end times, all right, the deception and lie of the devil is what? All religion is the same. Hmm? Everything, uh, you know, God is good. God won't send other people who are good to hell, right? There's no right, there's no wrong. And that, that kind of belief will lead to one religion, right? Because Every religion is good, ma. So there's no right, there's no wrong. Then, at the end, it is it will just uh, fall into the prophecy of the Bible that the world will have one religion. That means they accept Christianity, you accept uh, all the other religions, Buddhism, everything else. That is the dangerous. That's a deception. Okay, which is worse than a lie. It's a half truth, half lie because the truth is God is good. But mixed with every religion, also good. Then it becomes half truth, half lie. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Only one way, only one truth, only one life. And it's in Christ. So how important it is for us to know the truth. So Moses, you young education, all right, for us, kindergarten, center one, center two, center three, center four, center five, until uh um what, what else in the teens okay middles middle high or you call it and after that worse we go somewhere to school to the university college diploma degree all our education come from where the world <laughs> scary or not so if if all your life you know all your education you don't know jesus yet at least if you know jesus you still have your you know, uh, uh, the Lord to guide you and train you from the Bible when you are young. But if you only receive the Lord at maybe 30 years old, 40 years old, so you'll be exactly like Moses. <laughs> Trained where? In the world, in Egypt. Okay, educated there in Egypt. In the highest wisdom Egypt had to offer. That's why we go for the best university, the best school. Right, you will never put your children in the worst school. <laughs> you want to put them, you know, you make them study so hard, it's because you think that's the best school, right? Where they will teach them to become uh, professionals, doctors, lawyers, teachers, or whatever in the world wisdom. Look at this one in Egypt. The highest wisdom Egypt had to offer. And this kind of wisdom, does it teach you to kill people? No, right? So it's, it looks very good. Nothing wrong. It teaches you, teach you to be a good person. Okay? So nothing wrong. So when we even always look back into the first, in the Garden of Eden, all Adam did was eat a fruit. <laughs> he didn't kill anyone, you know, to be sentenced to death. But what was it? Actually, why God, you know, uh, said that he disobeyed and sin 
you know, by eating a fruit. So when we go to education, there's nothing wrong. We didn't teach you to kill anybody. You are just taking mental food, all right, for your soul area. What's so wrong about it? Okay, because the wisdom of the world, the education that you have is what teach you to what? Depend on yourself. The smarter you are, the more successful you will be. Okay, the more knowledge you acquire, you will be on top of the world. <laughs> you will be the number one. Not, yeah? Study hard, you become number one. You don't study, right? you become number two. 40, last time those days, our class got many, many children, right? <laughs> many, many kids, and today lesser, okay? So there's a competition in this world, okay? To be at the top, the most successful, okay? And all depends on you. How, how much, how you control your mind, how clever are you in your hands, all right? How you use your talents, all about you. So they train you and teach you, okay, to be self-sufficient, all right, and to, to, to depend on your strength. So physical, build muscles, and mentally, build the mental muscle of the mind, okay, by knowledge, so that you can be successful in this life. So that's why... The difference between the tree of knowledge and good and evil, nothing wrong. Eating the fruit also nothing wrong. You just get the knowledge of what is good and what is bad. But the other one is the tree of life. One, depend on yourself. You say, right, the, the snake or the devil told it, right? Did God say, you, you know, after you eat this fruit, actually you will become like God. Wow. So that's what man wants, right? Man wants to be like God independent of God. I can, I can judge what is right, what is wrong. You know, God. But the tree of life is always depending on Jesus for your wisdom, right? for your uh, success, for everything. Even the definition of success is all depending on the word of God. God's word is God's principles, God's way of thinking, and God's life for us. Is a medicine, okay? Remember the word health, all right? In the Hebrew, the word health just means medicine, the cure, the profit. I, one day I will bring that out again. Okay, so it's not only Moses, huh? <laughs> Can you see? It's all of us, right? Otherwise you think, ah, Moses only and Egypt got nothing to do with us. We are from Malaysia. <laughs> we are from Singapore, <laughs> Cambodia, <laughs> okay? But if you understand this, it means that all of us were there in the spiritual, same like Moses. Educated, our education, which is for our mind, all right, come from the wisdom of Egypt, which is the wisdom of this world that the world had to offer. Until he arose, wow, he really learned a lot already, okay? As he grew up in the, in the Egyptian court, okay? With all the Egyptian tutors, all the wise men, the advisors to the king, the pharaoh, probably some of them assigned to him as well. He arose a powerful prince. Ah, so all the education and the training 
he became very powerful in Egypt as a prince. Right? The prince has authority and he was an eloquent orator. Okay, what is an eloquent orator? He can speak better than all of us. <laughs> okay, you know those uh, speakers, motivational speakers and all that, all successful. Whoa, they talk. So people pay thousands of dollars to listen because they are eloquent orators. All right, they learn how to speak, what you call public speaking. Okay, train them. So Moses was trained in to be an orator. Okay, you, you cannot have a prince there and then give him the mic. And then he cannot talk. Uh, 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 uh. It's not a, a stammerer. Okay. Elephant orator is not a stammerer. It's the opposite of stammerer. He can talk, talk until the bird come down. All right, that's what we say, right? He can talk very well. Eloquent, no halfway talk. He okay. can talk and talk what the wisdom of the world. And he's very powerful. Okay, so not only now you can see it's not only Moses. If we have that kind of education from this world, the University of uh, Singapore or Malaysia, all right, we also become like this, <clears throat> like him. So we were all like Moses, trained and educated in the highest wisdom of the world. Then come to age 40 years old. <laughs> Anyone 40 here? <laughs> okay, 40, you finished studying already, right? When Moses turned 40, okay, 4 0, that's the prime of a man's life, right? <laughs> For a woman past age already. Okay, that's the world thinking. Okay, so you have to get rid of that. Right. So, but for a man, 40, wow, when you reach 40, you're the most uh, smartest, supposed to be successful in, the, in your prime of life, okay? Supposed to be married, also have some children. And all kind of 40 in the world, the world wisdom. Right? 40, what happened? Mighty prince, powerful prince, eloquent speaker. His heart, okay, now we'll talk about his heart. Okay, so he was educated where? Of course, in the mind, all right, in the soul area, with all the, the, the belief of Egypt, of the world. All the uh, how to be successful, how to be strong, how to be powerful. All about yourself, building yourself. But when he turned 40, his heart. So he got a heart because he, he was born a Hebrew child. Okay, He was an Israelite by, by birth. So he got this heart. Hmm? His heart was stirred for his people, the Israelites. Strange, huh? At 40, then only his heart speak to him. <laughs> okay, and his heart. So he realized he is a Hebrew. The real person in him is a Hebrew, but he had the mind of the world, the Egyptian. Two, 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 two different countries inside. <laughs> so it's the same, right? When we are born again, we have a new heart. So our heart is born from above, or new spirit. Okay, so we got the country of heaven here inside the heart, and then. We educated the soul and the mind where? In this world. So the country, earth is here, heaven is here. So that's why we have this song, heaven is in my heart. <laughs> okay, so very contradict, right? One is the education and the mindset of the world, the earth. Then here is the heart, okay, that is born from heaven, born from above, 
So you got two countries living inside you. How <laughs> see how uh, confusing that can be. Hi, and the jackal, right? One day, so he saw one of our people being violently mistreated. So he knew who his identity at that time in, in his heart. He knew his identity. Okay, that he's a he's a Hebrew child. But he saw his Hebrew people be mistreated. So he came to his rescue with his own hands. Moses murdered the abusive Egyptian. All right. So Moses now follow his heart. Okay. And you no know, thinking that he is, his people are the Hebrew children. Ah, the Egyptians are mistreating his people. So how was he trained? His logic and thinking is from his education. Okay, so from his education, <clears throat> you protect your people, lah. I believe so. <laughs> okay, so based on that kind of thinking, and he is also the prince, he got power, power even to kill. Okay, this is mindset from the education of Egypt as a prince. So he took. You don't know God, you know, not really know God at this point. He was raised in the mindset of Egypt. Okay. <clears throat> but he, so he said, well, I will do it myself. I am the prince. I just killed the Egyptian. Finished. I saved my people. So what is it? He used his education, his training to make the decision. You see here, he never consult God, okay? What to do? <laughs> he just took the whole thing into his hands because of the education that he has received while growing up, the wisdom of the world, that he is a prince, okay? So he killed the Egyptian. Moses hoped that when the people realized, so what, what, what he did is, he's thinking also, now the people, We'll, we'll see how I had rescued one of their own, all the logic here. And they would recognize him as their deliverer. How wrong he was. See, that is right and wrong, right? In God's eyes. He was wrong. He was not thinking the way God thinks. Hey, he wanted to be a deliverer. He wanted to be the savior of the Egyptian uh, of the Hebrew people in his heart. He felt for them. He had compassion for them. But in his mind, he used his own way to think. How to get the people to recognize him as the deliverer? So now he already killed the Egyptians. So say by killing the Egyptian, he's thinking he is rescuing his own people. And by doing that, the people will recognize him. See, he didn't see God recognizing him. He wants the people to recognize him, his, the Hebrew people to recognize him as deliverer. And he forgot the wisdom of God, or rather he don't know yet. <laughs> see later how God had to show him. Okay, So he took everything in his own hands and he wanted to become deliverer by his own wisdom. And he think that the people will recognize him if he did that. But the Bible say he was wrong. Where? The next day, the next day itself, 
he came upon two of our people engaged in a fist fight because this is Stephen talking. Our people, right? That means uh, God's people. Engaged in a fist fight. <laughs> in what fist fight? Ah, boxing. Okay. Uh, that uh, Evelyn loves to do now. Okay. So they were having a fist fight or a wrestling championship. Okay. And he tried to break it up by saying, who's who of fighting? The Hebrew people, okay? Man, you are brothers. So now he's trying to be the peacemaker and the, the judge. Why would you want to hurt each other? Okay, so to the Hebrew people. But the perpetrator pushed Moses aside. The Hebrew teacher, his own people, pushed him aside and said, who do you think you are? Who appointed you to be our ruler and judge? Are you going to kill me like you did the Egyptian yesterday? So you saw some Hebrew people saw him kill the Egyptian. <laughs> so sometimes when we do things, we think God never sees. <laughs> okay. So actually God sees everything. <laughs> that's, that's our wonderful God. That's why we don't have to worry about vengeance or whatever, right? God sees everything, right? When you know our real God, you always live in peace. All right. So the perpetrator pushed him aside. So he was having, remember, he was having the mind of the world. The education from Egypt. And then the people now tell him, now he's trying to advise the, the, the people of God, the Hebrew children, and they answer back to him. Who appoint you <laughs> as ruler and judge? Because they saw him kill the Egyptian. Are you going to kill us also? That was the wrong way, right? That he did. And they know that he is actually, they cannot recognize him as the leader yet, all right? By the, by the action that he took, okay? The people cannot recognize because he wanted the people's recognition. Same like King Saul. Remember King Saul? King Saul was a king that was appointed by the people. They chose him to be king. But King David was anointed and appointed by God. All right, so it's very important that we are anointed, appointed by God, not by the people. So here, look at this. Shaken by this, in uh, continue, Moses fled Egypt. He got a shock already. <laughs> I thought I'm just doing, you know, my people a favor. I thought I'm just trying to be the deliverer. Why they reject me? Okay. Then he had to flee because the, his people didn't accept him. And of course, he killed Egyptian. You think the Egyptian, Egyptian will, if they, when they find out, they will let him go? So now he got heaven and earth also fighting <laughs> against him. <laughs> okay, he started feeling the guilt. And then at the same time, all right, Egypt also don't want him. So he had to flee. Shaken by this, Moses fled Egypt and lived as an exile in the land of Midian, where he became the father of two sons. Okay, so we know from the actual story in the book of Exodus that he became a shepherd. Okay, so from a prince, educated, uh, a, what, an eloquent orator, okay, who could take things in his hands, all right, as a prince, he fled, he had to run away, and he became a shepherd. 
from talking to people. He had, you know, the people there. And, you know, he's a talker, right? Eloquent uh, speaker. So he probably gave a lot of uh, speeches as a prince, right, to his, uh, the, the, the Egyptian. Now he talked to who? <laughs> he go to, <laughs> he had to run away in the desert. He talked to, look at the picture, he talked to sheep. <laughs> Got no more people to talk to. Okay? He had to run away and then he talked to sheep. He became a shepherd. For how long? 40 years. Okay. Another 40 years had passed while he was in the desert near Mount Sinai. Then only the messenger of Yahweh appeared to him in the midst of a flaming thorn bush. Okay, you calculate. 40 plus 40. 40, quite long. Some of you not yet reached 40 years old. So, <laughs> so you just passed 40. Okay, so is it a long time? Have you lived a long time? Those of you who just passed 40, do you think you live a long time already? Okay, we have auntie, uh, grandmas here. They are maybe 70 or, you know, 80. Uh, they will know what is this talking about. A long time, 40 years. It's like, you know, so long. <laughs> okay, it's so long, you know. 40 years, he was a shepherd. 40 years, he was a prince. 40 years, he talked to sheep. Surrounded by sheep. Okay. Then only he came to this incident called the burning bush that we're all familiar with. Imagine for how many years? 40 plus 40, how old is he now? Very simple calculation. <laughs> no need calculator. 80 years old. That's quite long, right? We call it the golden age, right? 40 years of Egypt, 40 years in the desert. 80 years old. Can you imagine? 40 years old, the Bible didn't record that. God talked to him, you know. At 80 years old, right? Probably only the sheep talked to him, his wife and the two sons. But now, at 80 years old, God spoke to him in the midst of a flaming torn bush. Moses was astonished and stunned. You know why? Why God cannot talk to him during those 40 years in the wilderness or the 40 years in Egypt? If God only can talk to him after the 40 plus 40, 80. Moses was astonished and stunned by what he was seeing. So he drew closer to observe this marvel. Then the Lord Yahweh spoke to him. See, God spoke to him at 80 years old. Out of the flames, I am the living God, the God of your ancestors, as if Moses has forgotten. Actually, he forgot already. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God reminded him at age 18 that he is still God. Remember? He is still God. And he, you know, the Jews always believe in their covenant. They are covenant children. Okay. Uh, even, you know, the, Moses' mother was there as he's uh, taking care of him. So must have also taught him some things about the God of the Hebrews. 
So they always believe in covenant. They believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then trembling in his presence. See, now at 80 years old, he was no longer the same person that fled Egypt. That was the prince. That was the eloquent orator. Something happened to him in the 40 years in the desert while he was taking care of sheep and talking to sheep and sheep talking to him. Every day is meh, meh, meh. <laughs> meh. And then one, one sheep will drop into the drain. One sheep will get lost. And then he have to go and catch the sheep, you know. And he no longer thinking and like a prince. It took 40 years to get Egypt out of him. Now he was no more confident in himself. He was trembling in God's presence. And until the state that he dare not even look into the fire. Can you imagine a prince who killed, who dared to kill Egyptian, dare not look at the fire? <laughs> he was a brave man, a very powerful man. What happened to him in that 40 years until he dare not look also? Out of the flames, the Lord Yahweh said to him, now God is talking. Take the sandals off your feet, for you are standing in the realm of holiness. I have watched and seen how my people have been mistreated in Egypt. 40 years is not a long time to God, but to us, it can be very long. I have heard their painful groaning. See, God is always hearing. So if wherever you are, even Pirat in Cambodia, God hears the people people's cry, even in Singapore, in Malaysia, you know, God always hears us. We always think God is a bit deaf. Actually, God is not deaf, <laughs> you know, he always hears. But there is a time, remember about the appointed time, yeah, that he will speak to you, okay? Because sometimes it's not that he don't want to speak, we are not listening. <laughs> Yesterday, right, we're talking about the listening heart, the hearing heart. He wants to talk to us, but we are not listening. We are too full of all the voices in our mind, all the belief from the world, from Egypt. So God has to get rid of all the wrong beliefs in our, from our education, from Egypt. And then now we are ready to hear him. Okay, but he sees and he watches. Okay, so I have heard their painful groaning and now I've come to set them free. See, it's God's timing. Now, God is the one who is going to set them free. Earlier, 40 years ago, okay, 40 years ago, all right, Moses think that he can set the people free. <laughs> See the difference? <laughs> that time, he just killed them. You know, and then after that, he tried to be the king, uh, to, to, to be the judge. He thought that he was the deliverer, but it was a wrong time, okay? <clears throat> now is the right time. So come to me, Moses. Come to me, okay? After 40 years in the wilderness of talking to sheep, taking care of sheep, smelling sheep, God say, come to me. Like Jesus said, right? Come to me. Come to me. Why? Because all the time, we go to Egypt. We go to our clever mind <laughs> where we can, you know, we think we know everything. Okay? And then we do everything by our own ability, by our own wisdom. Okay? And then finally, after going through 
what the Lord allowed him to go through, say, now you can come to me, okay? How many times, right? We, we want a solution. We turn to the world wisdom. We turn to even counselors, right? Of, of the world who don't know God, who don't have the wisdom of God, right? And we ask them for the advice. Psalms chapter one says what? Do not sit in the counsel of the ungodly. The ungodly is not those who don't kill, don't steal. The ungodly is those who don't have God, Jehovah, and the wisdom of Christ inside them. The good people, they're good. The wisdom of the world is they're good people, they're bad people. The good people are those who kill, steal, who are wicked, you know, who do all the bad things. And the bad people, uh, sorry, did I say the good people? Okay, that's the bad people. Okay, the world wisdom, right? They're the bad. The good are, are those who are very loving, do a lot of charity, very kind. But that's not God's uh, definition of good and bad. Okay? In fact, God's definition is there's none good. If, and that's why he has to make us good. In our own self, there is none good. There's a self-righteousness, right? And God had to cause us to be born again. So he make you good. He give you a, a righteous heart, a good heart. He has to take out the old one. <clears throat> the old one cannot be good. Egyptian and the world has, before we all know Christ, we all have the old heart. But we think it's very good, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. How many people <coughs> or you or we ourselves think that you are bad man? <coughs> Most of us will say we are good, right? Because we never kill, we never uh, take another hus person's husband or wife. We never do all the things that the world call bad. So we are good in our own eyes, okay? But in the eyes of God, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But he made you good. Wow, that is the best revelation of grace, okay? We cannot be good by our own effort. We are only good in the sight of God because he made us good. So good, I've got to take out the old heart. You cannot wash already this heart, you know. You put detergent also cannot be acceptable in God's sight, in God's standard of holiness and righteousness. Our righteousness is like what? Filthy rags. But where we think we are righteous? In our soul area. Because we follow the definition of the world of what is good and what is evil, what is good or what is bad. Good means you don't sin that much. Then you, put, you, you know, put all the the, the, the big sins and the small sins. If you don't get this, this is the very foundation of grace. Okay? Then we will always live in half law, half grace. We will always live in a lot of self-righteousness. Even we can be hearing Joseph Prince day in, day out. Because we still think that we are not that bad. Before the Lord found us. Okay? The Lord had to take his hand and take, us, take out the old heart no matter how good it is in the eyes of the world, that heart, uh, that spirit is not acceptable to God's standard. And by your receiving Jesus, God has given you a new heart. And that heart is what is really good. Okay, His righteousness, that's why it's not your righteousness. 
right? And that's when we always have this wrong thinking in our mind, right? Very hard to accept grace is when I'm not as bad or, <laughs> you know, that person who you describe how sinful he is, I'm not that bad or I never tell lies, I never do this one. You know, when we understand this truth, it's no longer we will think, uh, you know, another person worse than us. Only the Holy Spirit can give us this revelation. Okay, that's why Paul, Paul is the only person in the Bible who was able to say this from revelation and an experience that he is the worst of sinners and the least of the saints. Why? Because he saw himself as such a horrible, you know, sinner in the eyes of God. That if not for God, Jesus dying on the cross to take the punishment for his sin, the wages of sin is death, he will not be saved. He will not have the new life. And he said he is the worst. How many of you really dare to say honestly that you are the worst? Mm, let's think again. Most of us will say, I'm not that bad. <laughs> I'm not that bad, right? I didn't take another person's wife or husband. I didn't commit a moral adultery. I didn't kill. My lie also only white lie. <laughs> okay, I did my best for my family. I work hard. You know, I love my parents. I obey my parents. What else do we do on this, in, on this earth that we think is not that bad? So sometimes it's easier for the worst criminal to understand grace than for, you know, you and me, you know, quite normal people, quite good people in the terms defined by this world to really understand uh, the grace of God. Mm -hmm. So, okay, go back to Moses. We are all like Moses, okay? So now he says, come to me, God says, for I'm sending you. Now, earlier, he sent himself. <laughs> okay? He sent himself as a deliverer. Okay? He took everything into his own hands. And he said, now the people can recognize me as deliverer. Okay? But now, after 40 years, God tell him, I am sending you to Egypt to represent me. Now, Moses wanted to be deliverer, right? 40 years ago. Now he hear God telling him, I am sending you. I think he'll be very happy. Should be, right? <laughs> Dream fulfilled. You know, his, uh, you know, what he wanted to be, to become the deliverer of the Egyptian. He felt compassion for the uh, Hebrew, uh, sorry, deliverer of the uh, Hebrew children. Okay? He had compassion for them 40 years ago. And he wanted them to recognize him as deliverer. But now, God is telling him 40 years later, okay, I'm sending you to represent me. That time he represent who? Himself, I think. <laughs> his might as a prince, you know, his intelligence from the royal courts of Egypt or from the world. So you think he should be so happy? Yes, I go now, okay, to deliver the children of... Finally, God, finally you sent me. So long I wait, uh, you don't want to send me. 40 years only. Finally, you say you send me. Huh? Do you think this was what he was thinking? Let's look. 
Come now, therefore, I will send you to, uh, to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. <laughs> but look at Moses' response. Who should have, if he was the same Moses, all right, 40 years ago, he would have said, yes, God. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm going. Thank you for sending me. Yes. But this Moses is a different Moses after 40 years. <laughs> and this Moses, 80 years old, after 40 years in the wilderness as a, a shepherd, Moses said to God, who am I? He don't know who he is anymore, right? He's no more a prince. And he also don't know who he is in God's sight. Whether God is real, God is not real. God hasn't spoken to him for 40 years. <laughs> so pathetic, right? Imagine God didn't speak to you for 40 years. All right. So that was what happened. All right. And he said, who am I? He was, his mind was totally changed already in the 40 years. Before that, who was he? He's a prince, <laughs> prince of Egypt. He's an eloquent orator, speaker. He gives speeches, all right, to the people. And then now he said, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Last time, who asked him, who are you? The Hebrew children asked him, right? <laughs> the Hebrew people, who are you, Moses, to think that you can now, you know, be our ruler and judge? The people asked him and then he ran away. The people he, you know, he wanted to deliver, he wanted to save, asked him the same question. But he now asked God that question. Who am I? Huh? That I can go to Pharaoh? That I can bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? What happened to him? He no longer trusted in himself, right? Egypt's wisdom is self. All about how strong you are, how mighty you are in this world, how you make yourself strong. But now, he don't have this Egypt anymore, Egypt mind anymore, the world mind. <laughs> Because why every day he only talked to 40 years away. Now, uh, uh, Robert Lowe, if you are a farmer for one, two, three years, <laughs> maybe you talk like a chip a bit, but not much yet. 40 years, you definitely behave like a sheep, talk like a sheep. <laughs> you also feel lost. But at this, at this, everything of you know what you were before, now Robert Lowe retired with it. So, Give him another 40 years, okay. Uh, put if you leave him in Egypt, right? But he'll forget all about his work already, right? Now he every day talks about his work. <laughs> he still can remember, right? How many years you work in your company, your wife will know the most, right? So all your mind will be filled with you know what you were before. But now another 40 years is one generation, all right. In I said one generation, that's why the children of Israel. That generation that couldn't go into the promised land, okay, all had to die. 40 years around the wilderness, the new generation goes and conquer the promised land, go into Canaan. 40 years was enough, okay, to take out Egypt from Moses' soul area, the mind. Okay. Now, 
he was ready in the eyes of God for God to send him to represent God. And in the beginning, 40 years earlier, he was representing Egypt, the mind of Egypt, the mind of the world. Okay, now God did something to him until he no longer think of himself as an Egyptian prince. And what kind of mind is that? He no longer felt that he could take the children of Israel out of Egypt. And Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent. He was eloquent, right? 40 years of his education, you saw the verse earlier, right? The description of him was he was a mighty prince, powerful prince, and an eloquent orator. Speak very well, one. And then 40 years later in the desert, he says, I cannot speak. <laughs> I'm not eloquent. Look at the way God deals with his people who are called. But he became a great deliverer, okay? So, oh my Lord, I am not eloquent. Neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. See, before, he, he now realized, even before or after you talk to me, I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. What happened to <laughs> Moses there? <laughs> Something happened okay, from a person of full confidence in himself who would dare to take, you know, and kill the Egyptian. Murder is not easy to commit murder, you know. It takes a lot of, you know, physical strength and, and mental strength to kill somebody and take somebody's life. And he was able to do it because he was raised in the court to think that he is ruler. You know, a ruler is... The, the king, the king can, can make judgment. The king can sentence someone to death. This was his mindset. He can decide, you know, that this person, I can kill him. But today, 40 years later, he says what? I am slow of speech. I am slow of tongue. <laughs> what? You know, and then God has to, actually, there's much more earlier, you know, he, he was, that, you know, was a conversation between him and God. Then God also answered him, you know, okay, I will go before you, or I take up the rod, you know, and uh, that is, you can read the details, uh, I won't go into it. Okay, so, but at the end, no matter what God said, God said, I will do miracles to you, you know, and all that. Still, he's like, he cannot, you know, he cannot get it, he cannot hear God anymore. He just realized in himself, he was very weak. He is a person who cannot speak, very slow one. Actually, he, he became a stammerer. Slow of tongue means stammerer, right? So from an eloquent speaker to become a stammerer. And slow of speech, he, he cannot think anymore. Earlier, he, he think very fast <laughs> as the prince of Egypt. Right? He think and take everything into his hands. Now, this is what happened that God had to deal with him in the 40 years in the wilderness to a place, a condition, a state of his, his life where he realized he is nobody. Isn't that the, what 1 Corinthians tells us that God chose the nobodies in this world right, to do his work, to be deliverers, to speak for him because when we are full of ourselves 
You cannot be full of God. That's why God had to empty Moses of all his natural abilities in the mind. You see, it's not that God removed all your, all your uh, good points. Okay? There are some that is good, it's fine. But what Moses had was wrong. He had a lot of pride as the prince of Egypt and a lot of self-wisdom, self-righteousness. He didn't even consult God. So, but now he come to this state that he knew he, was, he cannot speak. Maybe he spoke like a sheep already. <laughs> That's why he says slow of tongue, slow of speech. Okay. So, and cut the story. All right. God sent back to Egypt. All right. So actually God said, okay, yes, God so, uh, still chose him. You see, even though he now, you know, say he cannot speak. God still chose him. If God has chosen you, God has chosen you. Right? The gift of God is irrevocable. You see how the mercy and the grace of God. It's just that he, God needs to get Egypt, the wrong mindset, all right, the world mindset out of our mind. Then only he can use you. He still loves us. okay, And he still call you. He will still use you. All right? You will still fulfill your destiny. But it will take a little bit longer. <laughs> okay? Because you have to take the world wisdom out of you. All right? So you saw all right, in the end, God sent Aaron, Aaron, all right, to speak. But God still used Moses to do all the miracles, right? God had to learn the ways of God, not just, you know, the, the miracles were shown to the, the people of God, all right? The, the children of Israel know the acts of God in, the, uh, in Psalms, but Moses knew the ways of God. When did he come to know the ways of God? Through the 40 years in the wilderness, just taking care of sheep not talking to any human being. Egypt was taken, the mindset of Egypt, the education of Egypt was taken out of him, the wrong beliefs. But God sent him back, okay? When he was ready in God's sight, not in his own eyes, right? When God felt that he was ready, then God sent him back to Egypt. He was a person who no longer trusted himself, <laughs> who no longer had confidence in his ability or even in his wisdom. God sent him back to Egypt, the man our people rejected and refused to recognize by saying, who appointed you to be our ruler and judge? See, the people asked him that, right? When he was a prince in Egypt. Now, when the time that God sent him, he himself asked himself, who am I? God sent this man back to, their, to be their ruler and deliverer and gave him the commission, the great commission. Okay, commission him. He was sent. Sent out means commission means a apostle with the power. Now he had a different power. Earlier he had the power of what, of the prince. He was a powerful prince of the education and the wisdom of the world. He was successful. He was strong. He was powerful. He was clever. He was brilliant. He probably read more books than all of us as a prince who appeared to him in the flaming thorn bush. He had the power of the messenger who appeared to him in the flaming thorn bush. What does this mean? Now his power is God's power. Okay? It's like the Holy Spirit power. This is the real the power after his own self-power was removed from him. 
then he was ready to go. This man brought the people out from the Egyptian bondage with many astonishing wonders and miracle signs. Miracles in Egypt, miracles at the Red Sea, miracles during their 40-year journey through the wilderness. Okay, because this man was an old man. <laughs> not, not old, just physical old, right? He no longer depended on his self-power. Hmm? And therefore, God was able to flow through him. Now, what was said of Moses? Moses, the man Moses was very humble, more than all the men who were on the face of the earth. This was the description that was given to our Moses. After he had gone through 40 years, of taking out the whole mindset of Egypt, education, growing up, everything from his soul, from his mind, he became and was described as humble more than all the men who were on the face of the earth. Oh, that's quite a lot of men and women uh, on, on earth, right? Millions and billions of people. So... Trust in the Lord and with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Isn't that what we learn from Moses' life? It's God with our heart. So how do we trust him with our heart? Do not depend, all right, by not depending on our own understanding or wisdom, okay? And everything, acknowledge him or seek his will and he will show you the path, the direction. As yesterday, we talked about uh, Solomon, all right? He didn't follow, one of the things he didn't follow was the path of God after him had too many concubines, <laughs> okay, so he, his, his direction went haywire a bit, okay, so don't be impressed with your own wisdom, trust God from the bottom of your heart, always that, that heart, okay, don't try to figure out everything on your own, listen for God's voice in everything you do, and that's where we need to develop our the hidden man of the heart, because why important, the hidden man of the heart is the one who's going to speak from your heart, <laughs> is going to trust God from the heart, okay? And the, the inside the heart, okay, something like that, is the hidden man, is the spirit man. So if you don't develop this spirit man to be able to hear God, then we'll be hearing Egypt, the world. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice, and he's the one who will keep you on track, all right? On the right path. Don't assume you know it all. Okay, so back to our verse. But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is corruptible, which is not corruptible, the one we did in one of the uh, teachings, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. So this is the meaning of the word uh, meek. All right, meek means humble. Okay. 
uh, meek. So we have done that. The minute Jesus said, I am meek, I am humble. So this is the meaning of humility. Okay, it is not just about dressing like a beggar. <laughs> then you walk also hunchback, you know, walk low, low. That's not humility. Humility is I'm trusting in his wisdom now. I don't trust and depend on my education, what I learned from this world. Okay. Then the other part now, the quiet. Quiet. This is also very interesting. Okay, quiet. Uh, strong definition is keeping one seat. Okay, that means sit there. <laughs> okay, don't change seat. Uh, keep your seat. All right. Um, be still, quiet, undisturbed, peaceable. Hmm? It, it didn't say quiet means don't talk so much <laughs> or talk softly. Okay, it means you keep your seat. Okay, what does it mean to keep your seat? Seat is always talking about your position. And this position is your position in Christ. Keep that position in Christ. Know your identity, who you are in Christ. Okay, that is being quiet. Because if you know who you are the boss in the corporate world, you don't need to shout and scream, right? Although some bosses shout and scream. <laughs> okay, you just know your position. And you exercise your authority as the boss. Okay? You don't see the boss screaming and shouting, then the people only obey him. They obey him because he is the boss. But if you don't know who is he, he is the boss, then he will resort to you know all the nonsense, talk very loud, like all this. Actually, no need. He just need to issue, tell the secretary come in, and then he issue one uh statement okay one policy then paste on the notice board everyone follow does he need to go outside and shout 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 and tell everyone oh you need to follow this right you know your position in christ that's the authority okay <clears throat> that is your position we are seated so in ephesians bible tells paul tells us that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So this is a spiritual part, okay? We are now building your spiritual man. So I help you to see what is the natural and what is the supernatural or the spiritual. So keep your seat. Still undisturbed. That is actually quiet, all right? Uh, set fast, immovable, settled. You are immovable, you are firm. When you, the quiet, all right, Jesus is quiet. You see Jesus going around, shout and scream. <laughs> you know, all you read in him, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, you seldom see him scream and shout one. <laughs> okay. He always very quiet. Even the Pharisees accuse him or whatever, even at the day of uh, um, his crucifixion or his trial, did he have to speak for himself to defend himself? He was very quiet. Okay? Because he knows who he is, right? And he knew who his God is, his father is. He didn't have to defend himself. Because even the, the, the uh, Pontius Pilate, right? The, the judge at his trial said, um, are you the king of the Jews? You know, the, the, your Jewish people want to kill you. He said, they say I am. Right? He's, he's a man of few words. 
but he's quiet in knowing who he is. He is the son of God. He don't need to tell everyone. Right? It's by his character. Okay? So he's settled. He's steadfast. Do you know who you are? So just now, earlier when we started, I said, you have the legal right. See, in the court of heaven, everything has to be done legally. All right, the devil will know, not respect you if you have got your authority illegally. Okay, because God is a just God. God is love, but God is just. So, how God able to rule the whole universe? <laughs> okay, it's because of his justice. All right, that's why he is a just God. All right, his justice demands that sin must be punished. The devil got his authority from Adam legally. Adam gave that right of rulership and dominion, handed it over to the devil. Okay? So now the devil is the small G, the small god of this world. He got this rulership legally. It was legal. Okay? So God didn't just like smash uh, you know, God had the power to destroy the devil. So many people ask, you know, God is God. Why don't he just fire, come out, and then kill the devil? Because God is just. So God had to follow his justice, all right, in ruling this universe. And justice demands that sin must be punished. So to be settled in that position, all right, is all I'm trying to say is that you are legal, legally a child of God. You have a legal right. So in the court of law, all right, on this earth, okay, it's not about how much you shout to the lawyer or to the judge, all right, to prove that you are, uh, like for example, okay, uh, Nicholas being a child of, um, okay, to, to get his inheritance, all right, of uh, um, Robert Lowe. Okay, so you don't go to... So they don't go to the court and then say, I am the son, I'm the son, I look like him, I talk like him, you know. So this is my evidence. Then the lawyer will say, what? Proof. It's not about you look like him, you pray like him. <laughs> you say, hey, I go to church, huh? so I am a child of God. Oh. <laughs> okay, I go, I, I go beauty for ashes ministry, so I am, you know, uh, uh, like Jesus, no. It's not where you go. What, what, you know, it's about, are you legally the child of Robert Lowe? So what is he required to produce? A legal document. His birth certificate. <laughs> okay? So his birth certificate will prove, right, that he is a child of Robert Nicholas. So it is, has to be legal for him to get the inheritance and for him to exercise and live and, and walk as he claimed to be. So for you, all right, and me, for the devil to be scared of you, okay, what is our legal identity? All right, so I was sharing about uh, when you study a little bit of law, all right, uh, and, and you listen to some of the good, good shows see any good shows on law stories it will help you to understand okay about the legality of your position in Christ okay so that where is your legal document is the word of God 
the word of God tells you, John chapter 1, verse 12, that as many as receive him to them, he gave the right, that is the legal right, the authority, the exousia, okay, to be a child of God. So this is what you produce when the doubts come into to you or the mind tells you, hey, you know, you are, you <laughs> tell so many lies on, you do so many wrong, you know, how you can cast out devil. Who are you? You know, I know Jesus, I know Paul, who are you? Then what, what are you going to do? <laughs> I know, I go to beauty for ashes. No, <laughs> that is not going to give you your, your position. You are a child of God, John chapter 1, verse 12. I am the son or the daughter of God, legally. So God has to punish sin legally in front of the devil. Then the devil cannot accuse God. God, you just simply forgave Wendy. No, God actually punished Wendy already for her sin. But God punished Wendy in the body of Jesus Christ. The law of double jeopardy. One crime cannot be punished twice. So if God punished Jesus, then now God don't punish us anymore who are in Christ. Understand? The law of double jeopardy. Punishment has been made. That is what it means by Jesus died for us on the cross. Okay? That you don't need to be punished anymore. Punished is all the curses of sin. Yeah? Remember? Deuteronomy 28. The curses of sin is all the punishment of disobedience. So, Jesus took that punishment on your behalf and my behalf legally. Alright? So that it's already done. So when the devil comes before you, now Jesus is your deliverer legally. He is your savior. You have every legal right to tell the devil, get out. You have every legal right to tell sickness, get out from my body. All right? Get out from my mind. Okay. You understand? This is the justice of God and the love of God together. That's why God is the only one qualified. Okay, to rule this universe. That's why he is God and not us. <laughs> For us, we say, I am my la, you know, this, this is my favorite child, you know, don't punish, uh, beat, don't beat so much. It's not like that. <laughs> God didn't, you know, give you your, your sonship just because, you know, you, you, you are his favorite child. No. He had to punish sin. Okay, so remember that Jesus was punished on your behalf so that you can have the legal right to be his son and daughter. And as his legal son and daughter, you therefore are joined as with Christ. And therefore, you have as much authority over the devil as Jesus has, as the son of God. Okay. <laughs> so even a grandma, Auntie Tang, or uh, Sister Ock, can stand in the authority, you know, as you are the son and the daughter of God. Don't scare the devil. Don't scare the enemy, okay? Ah. Okay, this is quiet, hmm? right? Quiet, like uh, I told you in court, you don't have to shout so much. You say, I am the child, uh. I am Robert's son, uh. come on. Look at me, I look like him. 
no need. Just produce your certificate. You can quietly produce a certificate. No need to you know, shout and scream. This is my proof of legality. That's why the uh, faith is the evidence of things not seen. Uh, substance of things not seen, the evidence, all right, what is it? The, the, uh, the, the thing of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay, so now we are talking about spiritual realm. Show to the devil in the spirit. What is your spiritual evidence to the devil? Sometimes you don't even need to tell him anything, right? You just need to know that. That's why righteousness is the ability to be able to stand before God and the devil. Ability is your authority, your legal right. You, you, if you don't have the legal right to something, you are not confident one, okay? Correct or not? <laughs> because, again, okay, you live in a house that's not legally yours, right? The rightful owner can come and chase you out and you will never have confidence staying there. But if you are written in that piece of paper, the title deed, that you are the legal owner, you're scared or not? Somebody come and say, you know, or you are the legal wife or the legal husband. Everything has to be legal. Okay, not lawful, right? Legal. There are two different meanings, all right? So when you know you are the legal right, this is the meaning of I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Okay, Evelyn? <laughs> you have the legal standing, all right? The right standing before God as Jesus stands before him. That you are his son, you have all the authority that Jesus has. Okay? Without having to shout and scream or no more fear, no inferiority, okay? <clears throat> no shame of your past. It's a new creation and it's all legal. So in Isaiah, it says, the Son says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall you be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength and you will not. See, quietness goes with confidence and confidence is only in God, not in our self, right? It is in God who say who we are, not in we saying who we are or trying to be someone. When God says who you are, that's who you are. Okay, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the brethren. I will be exalted in the earth. Okay, so this is what? We, we all know this scripture. Be still and know that I am God. But do you have that confidence, that stillness, that calmness when problem comes your way? What does that mean? I am God. You remember when Moses, when this time uh, God sent Moses out to be the deliverer and then Moses said, who, who should I say that sent me? And then he says, what's the name, right? God's name or who is God? God is, anyone knows? Tell them. No one knows. <laughs> what did God say? Who sent him? Hey, Babylon. <laughs> Our scholar. <laughs> I'm sure you know. To Moses, God answered him what? Tell them, I, I am. I am the God of Abraham. <laughs> no, no. Uh, who said that, Sarah? He, he said, I am. I am. I am. Just that two words only. I am. I am sent you. That means what? I am 
the present, the past, the future. I am the God. I am whatever you need. I am. If you need finances, I am. If you need provision, I am. If you don't help, I am. He is the omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. I am all-powerful. I am all-knowing. I am whatever you need. This is the God that we have. I am God. I am the supreme one. I am is a present tense. I'm not very good in this one. But, you know, it's not even, I was God, died already. No, God didn't die. God is still there, sitting on the throne. Okay? I am. It's always present, continuous. All right? So this is the God we have. Okay? I am your savior. I am your protector. I am the one protecting you. I am the one who is you are living in. I am whatever you need. I am the shepherd. I am your shepherd. So it's I am, not I was or I will be. So you say, oh God, please help me. Okay, I will help you in the future. No, I am now. I am the now God. I am the now. The God means the supreme one. Okay, and this is what we need to know. That's why our rest and our peace comes from the understanding of God's word. Okay, when we understand who God really is. That is beautiful. Then you can be still, okay? After the earthquake, a fire, and the, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a still small voice. We don't need God to talk very loud, <laughs> you know, okay? It's a still sometimes, a still small voice, okay? That is inside our heart to our spirit, and most of the time, it's from the word. When you have the revelation of the word of I am, of God as I am, you will be able to go out. You'll be able to live that confident life in Him. And so it's, it's not always very loud, you know. So don't say, God, appear to me. If you don't appear to me, okay, so we are still in our sense realm, the five senses. The still small voice will tell you. That's why today you have the Holy Spirit inside, right? And the Word, the Holy Spirit will give you that peace. It's quiet. It's peaceful. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Okay, so remember, you already have the new heart. Okay, but all the worries is all from the soul area, right? Egypt inside here, the past inside here, all the wrong belief is wrong, okay? So they are wrong because right believing leads to right living, okay? So that means wrong believing leads to wrong living, <laughs> okay? You just put the opposite there. So there is right and wrong, and there is truth and, and lies. Otherwise, Jesus won't have to say that he is the truth, okay? And the devil is lying. So he said, uh, you know, how to distinguish, okay? Uh, Jesus already showed us how to distinguish. He said, when he spoke to the, the Pharisees, he said, you are, your father is the devil. Because it's a, a liar from the beginning. Huh? The, the devil liked to uh, eat, right? Half lie. <laughs> okay? So you must recognize the oh, devil now only knows how to do lie, half lie, half truth. Not, nothing else he can do. Defeated already. Okay. If your mind is stay, you know, stay means what? Don't move. <laughs> don't move. Your mind, your thoughts, don't move. Stay on him. On God said, so Jesus said, come to me. Okay, this area is not just the physical coming. Okay, it is our soul area. The mind is the thought or the imagination, right? 
stay there, stay on him, on the word. Stay means to lean or lay upon, rest upon, lean again to support or uphold, sustain. Then that shows that you trust. Then that is where your confidence in. Okay, trust is to have the confidence, the bonus. Okay. Philippians 4 verse 8. And now, this is New Testament. It's actually very same to Joshua 1 8. Now, to possess your inheritance. Okay? This is the word that God gave to Joshua to go into the promised land. Okay? So we can be in the wilderness. All right? And still enjoy the manna from heaven. God still supply. God still provide. But you cannot kill enemy. <laughs> Only the warriors and those who meditate on the word of God day and night can go into the promised land, kill all the enemies and get their whatever belongs to them. But of course, they still didn't get rest other than in Christ. Okay? It's because they still have to fight. But here, the fighting already done by Christ. Now, it's just the renewal of the mind. So we today can enter into rest when we come to Jesus renewing our mind. So how? Everything is in here, the soul area. Fix your thoughts on, my dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Honorable, right, pure, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What do you think fit all this description? Okay, you can have, you know, certain things. Uh, you 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 uh, separate into all this, but there's one thing that will falls into all this: true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, who else talk? Okay, Jesus, which is the, it cannot be everyday, Jesus, 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 okay, what you say is correct, it's Jesus, but our mind is not just trying to imagine Jesus, Jesus is what, it's the word, okay, it's the word made flesh, the person of Jesus, but Jesus is now seated at the right hand of the Father. <laughs> okay, so what is it that we need to fix our mind on? The true the word of God, the grace word. Okay, that is of who God is and who you are in Christ. Your meditation and confession of the word. That's why I personalize all these words, you know, of who you are, your identity. Uh, how many of you Take those personalized scriptures and meditate and confess over yourself, over your, into your spirit. That is the part that you need to do. You need, don't need to go and fight the devil. Okay? All you need is think on these thoughts. Meditate, confess, meditate, imagination, fill your mind, speak to your spirit, the word of God. Day in and day out. I cannot understress this one, right? If we don't eat physically day in and day out, you are weak or strong. <laughs> okay? 
uh, Evelyn cannot do boxing already. <laughs> she need more food from Wendy. <laughs> okay, so basically we know how to build our physical man. Okay, now all the wrong thinking of Egypt, right, is inside this head and the soul area. Now we want to be able to be a transformation. Right? The Bible says very clearly, be transformed by the renewal of the mind, right? So we already have a new heart, but this new heart cannot express the old Egypt mind. All right? So it needs the new mind and the new mind needs to have new thoughts. So fix your thoughts on whatever is true. It can be situations in the world, okay? That one not stated here, you, you can, the Lord, Holy Spirit will give you the wisdom, okay? What is honorable, everything is the word. Jesus is the truth. So the word that says that you are complete in him is the truth. You don't need anyone to complete you. That you are more than a conqueror, isn't that the truth? Yeah, fix, meditate on that, that you are healed in the spirit. Isn't that the truth? Or are we going to the, the Egypt world, the, you know, that, oh, this pain means this sickness, this pain, you know, this is not to condemn anyone. When I was desperate, when I was very young, okay, I was very weak and had a lot of sickness. I told you I had asthma and all this kind of thing. So I received a lot quite young, at 10 to 12 years old like that. <clears throat> then I was still very weak in body and I came from a traditional church that doesn't teach anything about healing or divine health, nothing. Until I was 19 years old, I never learned a pastor, a preacher, that time they are doing pastor, they have elders only, uh, got in, the, in the brethren. They teach only about salvation, saved from sin, and then go to heaven. And I, they never teach at all, never on the pulpit. Even the, the, the leaders, all right, they believe that uh, sickness is also one of the ways that God teaches us to be humble or teaches a lesson. Okay? So I never learned about divine health until after 19, all right? And I adults put me into a Pentecostal church, okay? Pentecostal, that means they believe in the speaking of tongues, in the Holy Spirit, okay? After the book of Acts. And there I begin, and I wanted that, the power, not so much the power for miracles, but at the time I don't know anything about all that healing, because I don't know. So. I wanted the power to live the victorious life because I felt that I was very defeated in life. You know, so many things in the word of God, but it's not real. Talk about peace, I don't have, you know, you know there are so many things. For me, it's like when I see read something, it must happen. It must happen in my life. It cannot be, I just read something, you know, and then it's just something nice. <laughs> Is it by his stripes I'm healed? Then I must have experienced that healing, divine healing. Okay, so I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and a lot of things began to open up Okay, from that day. I began to understand a little bit more and about the word, word comes alive. Then there was an area that I wanted very much to learn about divine health and healing. And then at one point, yeah, so many years, so at one point, I, I, I came under this teaching of this particular pastor only for two years. And he was talking about uh, the spirit man, that God gave him uh, a vision of his spirit man. 
Okay. And one day he, he's a pastor. And then he one day he, he had this vision or dream. I don't know. That his spirit man was so weak and so thin, like a bamboo, you know, stick. And then he asked God, why my spirit man so thin? <laughs> he's a pastor, okay? I have a lot of knowledge of the word of God. And then God told him, because you didn't fit your spirit, you know, you were just having a knowledge of God's word. Okay. Then he said, God taught him how to feed his spirit man and grow his spirit man. And that was through meditation and confession of the word of God. That's why he spent many hours. But there was one thing that struck me that he said, while he was putting in the word of God in his life and praying in tongues as well, he fasted the newspaper. Okay, that's Egypt, right? The world. And because I was desperate, I, I followed what he said. That's why, you know, all, all I can do is preach and stitch the word of God. You have to decide for yourself whether you want to have it in your life or not. If you don't, also it's okay. Okay, by grace, are you all safe? Okay, yeah, I mean, you'll still go to heaven. But what kind of life you want to live on this earth is your choice, all right? Um, you decide, okay? So I decided that I wanted the supernatural. I wanted to live. I wanted to have divine health at that time, okay? I wasn't thinking of money because I can work and everything. So there was another area to renew. But I was fully concentrated on divine health. Okay. So you know what? I stopped reading all the symptoms of every sickness on this planet. <laughs> I don't let myself read all these bad news, newspaper and all that. And sometimes the thought comes to me, hey, you think, you know, you, you are working in this world. If you don't read newspaper, how? It's okay. I don't need the newspaper to live in this world. All right? Because newspaper is all bad news. And the worst is the symptoms of sicknesses. Why? Because I have one, um, one of my staff, right, in my department. She is very cute. She's, at that time, she was in her 20s. Right? I think I was in her 30s or something like that. Then she will always call me Miss Mong. I think I have this sickness. And I say, why? Because I just read. These are all the symptoms. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then you go and check the doctor. And then after that, you have, okay. Oh, you know. Then after that, Miss Mom, I think I got this one. I got brain tumor. Why? Because I read these are all the symptoms, you know. And then she go and check. So she practically scanned her whole body from head to already because she was paranoid. You know, every time she read one symptom, she thinks she have it. She read another symptom, she thinks. She have it. But I did pray for her, and she actually experienced healing. You know, over her eyes, over her head, over different parts of her body. And I tell her, Jesus is the is the one. You know, the real God. Okay. So when I started to do that, I stopped for years. I stopped reading symptoms because whatever we put inside your head is going to affect your heart. I'm going to show you later, right? And your heart is the part that needs to believe God. And we are allowing or putting in poison, the world wisdom, the world knowledge into our head. That's why it's so hard to believe, okay? So the thought area is very important. And when I, you know, not just meditating the word, I have to fast the world way of thinking. Okay, so the fasting is not just food. Fasting all the 
world wisdom, which is enmity with God. Because God's word very simple. He just said, I am your healer. Who stop? It's so difficult to, for us to receive, right? Because we've got so much of the world experience and knowledge inside here. So if we still continue to put some more, can you imagine how hard it is? Even we meditate day and night on God's word, we have both inside us. <laughs> All right. So now there's nothing to boast about. It's just what you uh, want. Okay. So if we want that more, then this is the way to do it. We need to get rid of all the wrong thinking and put in the one that is from heaven. That's from because heaven there's no sickness. Now we can accept that, right? But we cannot accept that sickness cannot come to, to you as a child of God. Why? Why we cannot accept? Because of what we have been learning. All right, the virus will attack our body, this and that. But Jesus said, by his by stripes, you are healed. So which is correct. Okay, so build your faith, okay? As I said, if you need to see doctor, in the meantime, go see doctor, all right? But at the same time, if this is what you want, you want to go to who you are in the spirit, in whichever area, there's only one way <laughs> to get rid of Egypt mind, mind and to put back God's ways, which is from his word, okay? So fix your thoughts, stay there, stay there, all right? on the truth, the honourable. Summing it up, friends, I'll say to you do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, this is another uh, version, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Okay? That's what uh, Bernice did, right? She just filled her mind. She's so young in the Lord, but she chose because she was she's sick of being uh being what they call that oppressed by devil right Denise she knows what it means to be oppressed by devil which is tired and sick of it and then what is God's way <laughs> okay Jesus already done it's just this mind that stopped so start feeling her mind and then when you fill her mind with the word of God greater as he is in you than he that's in the world Jesus is defeated, uh, the, has defeated the devil and all the things that are true okay that is not fact yet it's not yet revealed to the senses that is faith okay then she begin to be able to come out from the medicine of the world and she, because she took the medicine from heaven <laughs> remember I told you the meaning of the word health is Medicine is cure, it's even profit, it's profitable for you. So Jesus said, Okay, the uh, my words are spirit and life. Bodily exercise profit a little, but my words are spirit and life. You believe that, then which medicine to take? <laughs> no condemnation here. Okay, I hope you understand what I'm saying. Okay, but if you want this life, this spiritual life the realm of God's kingdom to be manifested you in every area of your life. Start one area at a time, okay? Then you need to meditate a lot on that area to fill your mind because you need to get rid of the many years of Egypt just the way Moses had to, okay? Then keep putting 
same verse in different translations help us to understand the urgency and the need if we want to live the supernatural life on this earth. Keep putting into practice after, not only just put, meditate and confess, all right, but you need to do, you need to act upon it. Keep putting into practice all you learn and receive from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, right? See Jesus do, see Jesus, see the Father do, and then he do, okay? So the word of God, when you hear something, you need to put into practice. If you want, uh, because it's from the spiritual realm, so our mind is the blockage, all right? It's always in the natural realm. It will block you. So the way for the manifestation is to put it into practice, okay? So if you want health and healing, then you know what to do, right? <laughs> That's the spiritual one. Resist that urge to withdraw from the, the Egypt, just, uh, you know, but I'm not telling you to do it, okay, but just telling you this is how as you develop, all right, this is what you need to do before you can experience what is really divine healing. And really, does it happen? Because you won't believe until it happened. Although faith, you, you, you confess first before it happens. I don't know whether you can understand that. Okay, so there's two parts there, okay? So, put that your, the word that you believe into action. Hmm? If it's belief, uh, uh, stop taking whatever you need to take and then believe the word of God. Okay, as, as you are led, right? Not because Stephanie tell you. Okay? This is uh, when you put yourself in the word of God. So come a time, you can believe that, then you act on it. Okay, same as yesterday, I was talking also about tithing and offering, right? Don't tithe if you don't have that revelation, all right? Because tithing is, a, is really God's way of tremendous material blessing, financial blessing on your life, tithing and giving, okay? So get the revelation, all right? And then put it into practice by acting upon it. Let your money go out from you. <laughs> Okay, in the physical, and then see God's provision come back to you. Okay, so you have to put in the practice. All right, take therefore the worries and all that is about our thoughts. All right, take therefore no thought for the tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought of the things itself. Sufficient unto day is the evil thereof. It's all about the soul area, it's all about your thoughts. Okay, where are you worried in your thoughts? Right. Where are the voices that's very noisy, right? It just learn of me. Jesus don't have all these thoughts. Why? Because he's calm and peaceful. What thought does he have? What is in the mind of Christ? Don't even ask what Stephanie will do or what you know, I, I teach. Ask what would, what would Jesus do if he was in your situation? Will he panic? <laughs> you know, Jesus is the one that we are to go to, right? As he is, so are we. So what would Jesus, what is what Jesus be thinking? Jesus would be at peace. He would be just thinking, I'm the son of God. <laughs> I just need to say it and it's done. Okay, how do we come to that level? Okay, when we put his thoughts into our thoughts, okay, become our thoughts. That means you think, become, you have the mind of Christ. You go up already, okay? So about the worries is in our thought life. The thought, what? It's about your anxious thought, your troubled thoughts, okay? <clears throat> then, 
which is a distraction. Okay, the thoughts is distraction. See, if we allow Egypt or the world thoughts inside here, they are distracting, distracting us from who? From our real identity, from who we are in Christ. And it's divided. See, this thought, okay, that is a part of our thoughts that is still the world, okay? Then now we are trying to renew our mind. So we're putting in God's word. So now this mind got two thoughts. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So you, we need to do, renew this mind until become single-minded. So that is double-minded. Can God provide for me? Then the other part say, but God say he can walk. Then the other part of the mind say, not very sure. You know, now uh, got COVID, uh, <laughs> they are cutting pay. Uh. Then the other side, but God's words say like this. Uh. So what happened? You are double-minded. So you cannot make the godly decision, the right decision. And you cannot hear God properly also because it's clustered there. All right, a lot of uh, events, you become unstable in what? In your ways, in your path. You are not very stable. Double-minded means uncertain, wavering. God never gives us that kind of mind. Okay? Doubting, divided in interest. You don't know this one or that one. You know, like Solomon, he needs as a ruler, he needs to rule, he needs to make decisions, he needs to know what is true, what is lie. Okay? So you cannot be two minds inside. Don't know this one, maybe that one. This one, that one, imagine it. every day, this one, that one, this one, that one. God say, man say, God say, Bible say, which one say. Why can't you be very unstable? Okay, it's inside here. It's Jesus, you know, they come to you. I, I hate a, a boss that cannot make decision one. <laughs> have you ever, I have so many bosses in my, uh, when I was working in legal firm because they've got many partners, right? So the first boss is very fierce, but he very fast make decision, very brilliant. Then the Second or the third one is very friendly one. Can okay, never make decision one. Every time I ask him to make a decision for client or whatever, he will say, uh, I come back to you <laughs> in my head. By the time, you know, <laughs> the client also jump at me already. I had to wait for you to decide. So long, you know, so slow. <laughs> okay. So God didn't create us like this. If you have the mind of Christ, right, put the word of God inside, you can straight away make decision. Okay, this is truth, this is lie. Finish. I believe the lie the one the truth otherwise you'll be unstable very slow okay so no doubts wave no wavering okay get rid of egypt the world in opinion or purpose and your purpose also need to be clear so when you know your identity when you know the word of god you're feeling fixing your thoughts but you are you have a clear purpose what are we doing here in Beauty for Ashes? Do you know? <laughs> okay. What are you doing in your life? Okay. Are you sure? Are you clear? Or you say not very sure? I want to serve God. I want to do this. I want to do that. Okay. You may not have the full thing yet, but you just know, all right, how to, where you're going, how to live the life, what is true, what is lie, what you're doing. All right. <clears throat> no doubt. No division inside that. Okay. So unstable, you become restless, hmm? not constant. Okay, so I'm going to finish already. Let not your heart be troubled. Jesus said that, right? <clears throat> you believe in God, believe also in 
me. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, let not your heart. So Jesus is talking about the heart now. The heart can feel troubled. Have you all felt troubled before? Inside your heart, right? Yeah. So how to let your heart not trouble? By believing. Okay, the word there is believe. Because they let your heart trouble. What was the solution? Believe in God, believe also in me. So trouble is also can be anxious and all that. No calm, not quiet, right? You are, there's a lot of movement, no rest, disquiet, restless. Okay, and all that is come from, the, remember the heart can also think. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So the heart, what, the spirit and the soul. So all the thoughts, if all the thoughts are all the worrisome thoughts, all right, the thoughts that are not true, not true, it's not true that God don't love you. It's not true that he, you know, you will die. You won't die. Okay, that's why you see Robert Lowe's resurrected. Okay, you won't die. <laughs> the truth is that you won't die. Okay, you have many years yet to live. Okay, so listen to the truth. Okay, and then know the truth inside this head. Believe the truth. What you what you believe, what you are think here will go to your heart. And then Look at this for the manifestation. Romans 10, 9 to 10. And what is God's living message? It's the revelation of faith or salvation, which is the message that we preach. For if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. Okay, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. But the heart is receiving the thoughts from the mind. So if this mind is double-minded, you will receive two types of thoughts. That's why it's not stable. The heart believes, the heart needs to believe. Okay, if you believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you will experience. Okay, God is for us to be experienced. Okay, this our God is not here to have religion, it's just all kinds of uh, you know uh, beliefs to philosophy. But our God is a real God. You can really experience his goodness, you can experience his divine health, you can experience his provision, you can experience his protection. Okay, he wants us to experience it here on this earth, not just in heaven. Salvation, okay, wholeness. The heart that believes in him receives the gift of the righteousness of God. Then the mouth confesses, resulting in salvation. So the first part is the belief. Believe in what? Believe in what he said. Okay, the word, what the word of God said. And then you believe, when you believe his right standing. All right, the legal standing is given to you, the righteousness, the gift of righteousness, and then you speak with your mouth, you will experience the salvation. For what says the scripture, Abraham believed God and was counted unto him for righteousness. Abraham believed what about God? Abraham believed God's word. His faith transferred God's righteousness. What it did that God said to Abraham, that God gave him righteousness? that it was difficult to believe. Anyone know? What did Abraham believe? God. That God gave him righteousness. 
when it was impossible in the natural, correct? Yeah, it's just like, you know, can you believe God that God said he, he can heal you when in the natural, the doctor already said you're going to die? So Abraham believed the impossible. And also he believed, you know, God saved, uh, will, will, will save the ungodly like, because he was not a very godly person, okay? But he believed God's word that seemed impossible to the natural mind. Because the natural mind, they are already past 90. They cannot conceive anymore. They cannot have baby anymore. But Abraham believed God. God said he's the father. And he got no son. He cannot conceive anymore. So when we believe God's word, okay, which does not make sense to our logic, right? That is when Righteousness is imparted to us, and when we speak it out, it manifests. Okay, but God had to take there again another 25 years <laughs> for the you know for the uh, whole thing to develop by called, by changing his name as well. So there was confession, there was meditation there. God asked him to look at the stars in the sky, the stand on the sea. He had to go through to his from his physical to the spiritual. Okay, that, that's what meditation does. See the picture, see yourself, uh, imagine, okay, the things that are true, which is according to God's word. So we believe God's word that seemed impossible or not possible by when we look at the natural circumstances. And then we believe. Very simple, like what Danny said. Oh, I believe that God can give me sleep. Why? Because God's word says that he can give her sleep. God promised his beloved sleep. So simply by believing that, she was able to sleep. Okay? So this is how and how to do that by filling the word of God, filling our mind with the word of God. Okay? The heart cannot believe God's word if the mind is divided. Okay? The heart needs to believe. Then only the mouth can speak, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So if your heart is filled with all the wrong thoughts from the soul area coming in, this heart that's supposed to do the believing, okay, the believing comes from the thoughts, what you are feeding upon, all right? Which belief you want. That's why you call belief, right? You have this belief. This belief is that I am poor. This belief is in Christ I'm rich. Which one? The poor is depending on your bank account. The rich, if you think of the world way, also depending on bank account. But if you think of God's word, you believe that you're rich even though your bank account is not, not into the many, many zeros. Okay? But you are rich in Christ because the word of God says so. So if you keep feeling that, you no more divided, then, or you say God will take care of you, then the, the heart will begin to believe God's words. There's no uh, obstruction there. And the mind is no more divided, the renewal of the mind. Then you can believe God. And you won't have any more trouble. No more already. <laughs> okay? Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. means believe it in my words that are always contradictory to 
the Egyptian mind. <laughs> okay, so that's why sometimes after you listen to a message, you feel you've got a lot of faith, right? Because this is actually faith, right? For by grace are you saved through faith. Two things are needed, grace and faith for the manifestation of the salvation that we have received. So I always say this, right? After a sermon, you feel your faith is very high. <laughs> Sunday, listen to, you know, Joseph Prince or whatever, then you feel, wow. Then the whole week, you didn't listen to anything. Or you didn't even speak your own self. What happened? Your faith drop, 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 drop. Your heart began to be troubled again. Why? Because you listen to other things. Faith come by hearing. Fear also come by hearing, okay? From the newspaper. Now today it's not newspaper. It's called what? Social media. <laughs> okay. So when we hear all the bad news that's happening, faith comes or fear comes? Fear comes. And then your heart, you believe it. You believe that this is going to happen. And then your heart becomes troubled. Then you have to wait for the weekend to listen to another sermon. <laughs> Whereas you don't need to. All right. Just every day keep hearing and fasting the other side. Otherwise, you've got two inside your head. And then there is a lot of division and conflict going on here. Then here will be very troubled, a lot of movement. <laughs> so we don't want that. Quietness and confidence is your strength. Come to me, says the Lord Jesus. All right. That is your part that you need to do. That's all. With the, you know, the false rhythm of grace, is it very difficult to eat? <laughs> it's difficult to eat spiritual food because of a very, you are enclosed in this physical body that is always resistant towards God. We must recognize that this body, this mind is enemy with God. If you think both can live together, <laughs> you know, then we are in a bit of deception. Okay, so we need to, because of the fallen state, if not for sin, yes, everything will be perfect. But because of sin, we are in a fallen body and in a corrupt mind. That is enemy. Bible says very clearly, the carnal mind or the fleshly mind is enemy with God. It will not, what we have is just a mental ascent. That means I mentally agree, yes, by stripes and heal. I don't believe it yet in my heart. Okay? So, then you see a lot of unrest. Okay? That's why Jesus said, you come to me, put my words in you. Let your, my words in your heart. Then because, remember Proverbs uh, chapter uh, 23, right? Put, put my word inside and then out of the abundance, the next verse is out of the abundance of your heart, guard your heart. Because from this heart will flow the issues of life. You either bring life after your heart has been you know, filled with the word of God through the mind, and then you will speak forth the living words of God and bring life to your body, life to people around you. Amen? This is the meek and the quiet spirit. Of the hidden person of the heart. How much you get is how much you eat. <laughs> okay. 
if you are, that God has is very pleased and very happy that God has, you know, brought you all to really hunger for God. All right, it's so wonderful to be able to teach to uh, people who really want the word of God, who want the supernatural, who want to live as Christ lived. Okay, and the 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 key is the renewal of the mind and the building of the spirit man in the will of God, the ways of God. How much you want to eat, the part I cannot eat for you. You need to eat. The more you eat, the faster you go. <laughs> okay? The less you eat, slower a bit, but still okay. Can. <laughs> okay? So, uh, God bless you all. And I hope you just chew and digest more. Okay? So that you know that this is so precious and valuable to God. That meek, humble, and a quiet, confident heart, spirit man inside your heart. If you don't get the whole thing, don't worry. As you throughout the week, as you listen, the Holy Spirit will give you more understanding and revelation. Amen.